AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Mark Hookey. Mark is the CEO of Demis Data. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, JP. Great to be here. Great. So before we go into Demis, can you talk about what led you to, to setting up a company and what was the, the motivations behind um, utilizing the external data marketplace and how you came up with the idea for Demis? Sure. Well, I've always worked with teams of incredibly talented data scientists, both within teams that I've worked as well as uh, on the client side. And it's a cliche at this point to say that wrangling data and dealing with data cleaning is the one of the biggest unsolved challenges in the industry. And uh, it's especially true in the world of external data. I've, it's always been very frustrating that it uh, wasn't easier to... Uh, access the data that's already in existence. So while I was part of LexisNexis, there was amazing treasure troves of information internally and externally with clients as well as with partners. And I had great teams of PhDs from amazing um, backgrounds, but they couldn't get their hands on on the data itself. Um, and then when they got their hands on it, they'd spend 90, 95% of their time structuring and cleaning it. So it wasn't really about the last mile AI problem. It was around the data access and data cleaning problem. Um, and the interesting thing about the data marketplace is that its value is very much unknown until models are built on the data. So external data is particularly an interesting marketplace where people tend to not use a lot of external data that's already out there because figuring out whether or not it's valuable requires a very, very significant effort. Uh, it requires contracting with vendors. It re- requires information security diligence. And this is before organizations that use data understand whether it's truly valuable or not. So it makes it just too hard to, to test and try. And it, and it means the market for data itself is, um, is, is very illiquid and, and, uh, and, and much smaller than it needs to be. So I'm very, you know, as, as a, an analytical technology guy, I'm very interested in the, um, the notion of using data more broadly uh, uh, in a compliant way and unlocking access to data, clean data, so that smart people can do smart things and build amazing models on top of it. Uh, and that was really the genesis of, of, of why, I, why I wanted to start DMIST. It makes a lot of sense. You touched on compliance uh, briefly, which we'll get to later on, but uh, you talked about the idea and the origins. So look, uh, for those who don't know, who are DMIST data? What are you doing? What services are you offering? And, and talk about some of the recent success you guys have had. Demist is an external data marketplace. We help data scientists uh, take friction out of the process of accessing external data from a variety of sources. So an example might be a whole range of vendor products that are already out in the marketplace that have uh, information about businesses and, and consumers and properties Data scientists work through our platform to license access to that data for testing, for analytics, and for for commercial use. 
And so by taking the friction out of the evaluation process, people can, people can test and work with hundreds and uh, uh, hundreds of vendors and tens of thousands of attributes in a matter of minutes through a single API and, and often more importantly through a single contract, a single relationship with DMIST. Uh, and that means that they can uh, uh, rapidly and, and significantly increase the velocity of building analytics and deploying them into the market to create value for their end clients. We've been having some great success growing our business within the financial services domain, working with large banks, large insurers uh, that have a voracious appetite for emerging alternate data to help solve customer workflow problems. So things like uh, automating uh, digital onboarding journeys, uh, detecting fraud, uh, cross-selling product. And, uh, and we work closely with our partners out in the ecosystem uh, so just yesterday, we announced a partnership with Snowflake, the cloud, uh, the cloud technology platform that where we're going to be partnering to populate some of their data exchange. And DMIST solves the problem of, of indexing, organizing and accessing the data products that are in the ecosystem. Yeah, look, clearly a, a huge market cap on what is a, a, a really essential service for the future of, of data-driven business. Um, to talk about how you see the, the evangelical vision of this evolving over time, what, what areas are you focused on and what are you most excited about for the future of not just DMIST, but this uh, industry as a whole? When, when we work with clients uh, and they, they do some amazing things, they find idiosyncratic use cases for data that create enormous value and, and they end up consuming uh, typically around 10 times more data than they previously consumed. Uh, and that's just one data point. But we, we're most excited about the massive increase in potential compliant data uses that are out there in the market. There's, there's a treasure trove of data sources that people are, are, are unaware of that are already out in the marketplace. And it's not surprising because they're, I mean, even at DMIST, we're onboarding about one data product per day on average. So it's really hard for data scientists to stay abreast of what's even out there. It's kind of like you know, buying a book prior to Amazon existing in the early days. Um, people weren't even aware of the long tail of, of niche products that existed. So we're excited about the, all of the high value and, and um, high impact areas that data can be, can be leveraged to add value. In the evolution of technology, whether it's early days databases or BI visualization with Tableau and whatnot, with um, AI development, what tends to happen in industries as technology providers reduce the friction of doing something down to practically zero. It used to be that it was a big effort to slice and dice data and put it onto a PowerPoint slide and then BI tools came along and people can do that on the fly. It was the same thing with AI. It used to be that you could build predictive models on a you know, quarterly or yearly basis and it was a big effort, but now with, with H2O, with DataRobot, with Spark Beyond, you, you can do thousands of models in an hour. And, and what tends to happen in industries is people take friction out of the process of doing something. It's, it's not like data scientists uh, do it cheaper and take the savings. No, what, what tends to happen is people do things orders of magnitude more. They just do it more frequently and they generate a heck of a lot more um, innovative solutions as a result. Data is the same. So we're most excited about the fact that when we can take the friction of, of getting and testing data down to minutes and hours rather than months, um, then data scientists around the world are going to find uh, uh, 
find insights and, and opportunities and build solutions that we can't even possibly imagine here at Demist. I think it's a very important point that you touch on, um, allaying some of the, the scaremongering that data science as a profession may end up obsolete as uh, becomes more frictionless and companies like H2O, Data Robot, um, speed up the process overall. Um, I think it's important to, to let people know that there's always going to be opportunities for innovation in this space, um, which is great to hear. Um, Changing direction slightly, you, you mentioned the, the opportunities of compliance. So I want to get your thoughts on the changing regulation in GDPR and as a, as a company who's you know, going to be impacted throughout as this evolves, what are you focusing on? What are the, the potential pitfalls ahead you're going to have to navigate? And, and what is the, the next advancement that you see in, in leveraging this data in a compliant manner? You know, uh, compliance has been a big part of our business already to date. One of the primary value adds that we bring to organizations is helping them with us taking responsibility for the, the compliance of how data is accessed and, and delivered through to their, their systems. Compliance is a very broad concept. There's different subcomponents in compliance. There's the information security itself, making sure it's, it's safe and secure and sound and nobody can hack the systems. There's privacy. So is the data provided with appropriate consent for a given use case and how do you track that and how do you manage that and understand that? And then there's uh, ethics and all of its related concept, which is um, beyond the you know, beyond the uh, uh, legal compliance side of things, is it compliant with GDPR, CCPA, is there consent, et cetera? There's an additional overlay of um, ethics and, and morality. Uh, are data scientists at an organization with industry expertise comfortable with, with using this data for this purpose? Does it, does it pass the 60 minutes test of people feeling good about this being the right thing to do? So, you know, I think the industry is already well mature on the information security pillar of that. How do we make sure data is protected? But that's not enough. The second two pillars is, is what the industry is, is working on figuring out. So at DMIST, we see huge opportunities around uh, helping data partners themselves uh, up-level how they handle this stuff, which is not in any way to suggest that they're not compliant today. They, they, they don't get onto our platform or work with large banking organizations without having every box ticked. But there's opportunity to go even further. Things like um, third-party data provenance at a, at a transactional level, where exactly did this data come from? And how do you track its lineage end-to-end -end across all third parties, all the way back to somebody uh, approving a, a term and condition or, or providing explicit opt-in consent? Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for, for data partners that are out there to um, provide all of that metadata along with the data itself and, and really improve the visibility and transparency into how um, how these things are handled. Uh, ethics, there's there's a great opportunity for organizations to, to become more systematic and structured in how they make internal decisions around uh, ethical data use. So there's a lot of talk about ethics in AI, you know, is this non-parametric model okay versus this parametric model? But there's an underlying ethical question around ethics in the data itself, both internal data and external data. How do you how do organizations structure their, um, their processes to make sure that uh, they're comfortable with, um, with what's being used for what purpose? Even in today's world, even in the models that they already have in operationalization today, that's a big opportunity and a big challenge that, that, that chief data officers are, are talking to us in the industry about solving. 
So Mark, you mentioned at the beginning, primarily right now your focus has been on the financial services industry because that's where the greatest demand has been. But as uh, industries become more data-centric and more data-driven, where do you see the future of DMIS services and, and whether it be in e-commerce, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, and the, the potential use case applications as, the, as this service evolves? We've got a real uh, focus at the moment on uh, the data entities themselves. Uh, so uh, consumer information services, uh, small business information services, and, um, and, and information about properties. Now, now retail financial services is an obvious application of that type of data, as is e-commerce and uh, marketing services. Um, there are aspects of healthcare where that information is, is relevant as well. So we see um, our focus, at least for the next few years, in being doubling down on what we do really well today and moving into adjacent uh, verticals where, uh, where there's already demand being um, uh, around those data entities. Uh, we will carefully and with our partners look at adjacent data entities that are currently poorly organized and difficult to access. Um, so we might look at uh, uh, areas in healthcare and pharmaceuticals over time. It's not really our current focus. Our current focus is how do we, how do we go deeper into, into what we have today? And, um, and uh, we think we're already doing a pretty good job, but, but double down and do it even, even better. Um, there's also the geographic dimension for DMIST. We have a lot of demand from organizations uh, overseas, and we already have about 40% of our business that's, um, that's outside of the US, uh, mostly through Asia Pacific, although we, we now have some clients uh, using our platform in the UK, and we're just getting started in Western Europe, but we have to figure out the geographic dimension as well. Looking at the, the scale and the pace of growth, um, what's been the most enjoyable part of building DMIST and seeing it go from strength to strength, factoring in the, the, the various challenges you've faced along the way? Well, there's a real maturing of the market for external data that has really only happened in the last year or two. Perhaps it's being fueled by compliance. It's certainly being fueled by uh, the maturing and success of the AI platforms that are out there. Everybody's got their amazing a technology platform and AI platform now, but it but they need fuel to to feed the beast. They need data. So um, you know, while while alternative data and external data was something people talked a lot about five ten years ago, it was really only a, a an edge case, an experiment, a, a test. Um, it's really now become a strategic imperative for people, and in every vertical. Uh, the big incumbents are realizing that, that data is what is allowing the startups to, to steal customers and win. So every fintech, every insurtech, every health tech, every prop tech, you name the vertical, they would all uh, point to their data access as being a strategic advantage. And the big incumbents are finally realizing that this is a, a critical imperative that they, that they have to solve for. So what's most in what's most enjoyable at DMIST is um, you know we're we're in the right place at the right time and and we don't need to educate people on the value of data that's a given when we go into conversations um, and we we get to spend all of our time with amazing data scientists really just focusing on the business problem and the use case. The other thing I'd highlight that's really enjoyable is the data partners we have that we have an increasingly deep relationship with that uh, 
that themselves have um, uh, treasure troves of uh, of innovative data that uh, the market uh, often doesn't even doesn't even test. So even within the the larger players, we have a we have a great partnership with with the big bureaus like um, like Equifax and Experian and TransUnion and LexisNexis and 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 while everyone in the data science community is typically aware of their primary product like the, the credit bureau or or, or some risk products um, there's often a general lack of awareness of all of the amazing innovative niche products that these organizations have um, have within them so there's um it, it's very rewarding to to work within the ecosystem and and help people that already have amazing data products uh, bring them to market um, so so we we enjoy that here at Demis. we enjoy being the uh, the educational evangelists we don't we don't have to invent data ourselves we don't have to manufacture data ourselves we just have to really work with the data partners to um deeply understand what they already have and uh and and help the data science community understand what's there and data scientists at our clients they they have phenomenal capacity to join the dots between data assets and business problems so once they know that the data exists once they're aware of the fact that they can get it in a compliant safe easy way in whatever platform they already work in, then the creative juices start flowing and people people build amazing uh, amazing solutions. For, for the data scientists who are listening, um, this should be an eye-opening moment to, to what's in store and what the future holds. Uh, you mentioned earlier, it, it's difficult to keep abreast. What advice can you give junior data scientists just starting out, just trying to get their head around this, this new profession and, and trying to uh, make their way um, while keeping keeping up the speed with what's in store in this uh, ever-changing industry? We're obviously a little bit biased, but I think one key point of advice is to, to not fall into the trap of uh, focusing on internal data within an organization. Unless you're a, a data scientist at you know, Google or Facebook or somewhere like that, chances are 98% of what you might want to know about a customer is external. Uh, so um, you know, really starting to look externally and and um and find out what might be out there already to to represent the baseline set of information to build models against um that's that's something that that we see as being particularly interesting uh i guess another piece of advice we'd offer is uh is you know this is sort of a a given and and important but i'd like to reinforce it which is um uh, learning to automate and learning to code is is critically important in the world of third-party data as well as data science more generally. Technology platforms that are out there now give us the ability to leverage on people with brains, so that people with brains are spending ninety percent of their time doing using their brains, and uh, as opposed to ninety percent of their time dealing with rote activity or, or or data cleaning activity. So leveraging the platforms that are already out there, not just demist, but but H2O and, and Data Robot and Spark Beyond and you know Python, TensorFlow, Amazon SageMaker, AutoML with Google. There's some amazing platforms that are out there and, and data scientists can have such a force multiplier if they if they put their brain into using those platforms. But as you as you touched on earlier, JP, this doesn't make the data scientists redundant, quite the opposite. Um, the the industry has now more than ever needed the um, the expert knowledge of the human to overlay with the technology platforms to make sure uh, to make sure the business experience of the industry is being overlaid into the analytical solutions. 
not just because the regulators need that for explainable models, but because that's actually the right way to do good data science. So in the world of external data, for example, very frequently data scientists already have a, a decent understanding of what types of attributes they want to understand about, about people, about businesses, et cetera. They're just looking for ways to automatically get it. So I would offer those primary points of advice, which is learn to code, look externally for data, and, um, and don't forget about the, uh, the domain knowledge of, of the industry that you're in. Um, just just one, one final point on that, on that last point there is often one of the best ways to learn that we find, whether we're helping people in a bank doing KYC onboarding or an insurance company doing claims triage or in, uh, in a consulting firm looking at um, sales optimization is um, sitting side by side with the non-data scientists and watching them do things manually uh, or watching them optimize the business processes today uh, can be one of the best sources of, uh, of domain knowledge. Some incredible pieces of advice there, um, which I hope has resonated with people listening. Um, just to finish then, Mark, look, you've built an incredibly successful business. Um, and a huge part of that is the, the talent which you've hired, some of which I've met personally who are amazing people. When assessing candidates for your organization as a whole, what stands out to you? What do you look for? And what can data scientists listening to this work on to improve their own uh, interview skills, candidacy when seeking uh, employment uh, in, this, in this profession? That's a great question. We look for grit, tenacity, grit, call it what, what you will. People that have persevered through, through business challenges because getting an analytical initiative in any organization from concept all the way through to operationalization is, is no, no small feat. We look for uh, egoless team members who can work on the problem and can debate about options and choose the right answer regardless of whose idea it is. And we look for people who are uh, passionate about the, the data itself. Um, so uh, that, that's something that you can, uh, when you talk to people and they, they get very excited about uh, not just the abstract concepts, but the what it tactically means for the end customer associated with the problem. Uh, people who can who can join the dots between uh, data sources themselves and data attributes themselves, and and what it means for the end customer. Um, obviously, there's the baseline skill sets and and knowledge of certain technologies and and experience delivering value to end clients and all of those things. But um, we we find that the most impactful data scientists that we have within our organization and also within our partners and clients are, you know, like, like any other profession in many ways, the, the folks that have that tenacity to persevere and the passion for the underlying problem itself. Excellent. Well, Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed learning about the origins of Demist. Congratulations on all the success so far and um, wish you all the best in the future. Thanks, JP. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aulus advantage. Become a member of the Aulus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. 
Our experts will provide mentoring to all the members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldis.com. Aldis International, empowering through AI.